There we go. Wow. That's, that's the that's the prompt as always, Chris, to say that we are we are doing it. It it would be cool actually if that did feature actually on the recording. Yeah, that's we way talk too much. about it every, we talk about yeah. it every week and no one has ever heard it. No, that's true. It is way too much sort of post-production work to actually put that in. So I think people are just gonna have to imagine or go on a Zoom call and record it because experience yeah, it for themselves yeah. what a thing to experience how sad has our life become that now like the highlight is uh the zoom lady telling us it's being recorded yes that is it's a weird highlight but it's one of those mm. one of those things that we'll look back on in 30 years and we're like do you remember zoom oh, yeah. and or maybe zoom has taken over our lives by then and we're sort of all None of us are leaving our house because of, you know, another great pandemic. I'm not going to, no. I'm not no. Gonna, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thanks just, for yeah. that profit, Chris. Yeah, yeah it would just be proper dystopian. It'd be like the moment you are born, it'll just say your life is recording and that'll be it. Like there is no stop. It is all recorded on that moment. <laughs> yeah. Chris, was it you? Were you watching uh, the Truman Show with Amy? Was it you that was saying, and Amy was like, this isn't real, is it? Yeah, yes. So, um, yeah, I was watching the Truman Show the other day. We had we had a moment in time where both uh, both kids, so uh, Indy, who's six, was upstairs playing, and Judah was asleep, and so we had some time, and it was Father's Day, and we said let's watch a film, and then um, and then Amy said, well, why don't we watch a classic '90s film? And I know what, exactly what she's thinking. She's thinking Father of the Bride because that's her yeah. favorite '90s film. So I classic. said, what a and so I then went, well, why don't we watch The Truman Show? And uh, it turns out we haven't watched it for a long, long time. And it's actually really quite a good film. I enjoyed it. But then Ames did say halfway through, this isn't a real film. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a true story, is it? No, 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 no. They did not make a giant... Uh, did you imagine? I mean, it just would... I think, well, the, the thing was, people did think that that was actually yeah. happening to them, that, mm-hmm. that all and life revolved around them. Which... With the year we've all just had, I mean, anything can happen, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's possible. Yeah, it's true. Well, should we should we get started with today's podcast? Um, oh, Chris, give us the intro. I shall give us the intro. So, well, it's 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 delight. It's a good as always to welcome Lee. Lee, hello, welcome back to your your own podcast. So, hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and today we are joined uh, by the amazing Lisa Daniels. Lisa, hello. Hello. Lisa, it's very good to have you on. Lisa is uh, the pastor at One Church Podsmead, and uh, One Church is my church. So I'm, I'm very. This is like it's, it's like having, it's like having my sister on. on that. So that's really cool. It's like a family show today. Uh, but it. she's not actually my sister. She's my sister in Christ. Um, but it's very. There we are. But um, but it's brilliant to uh, have you on, Lisa, and for you to join us today. Now, before we get into it, what I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm going to talk about what am I going to talk about, Lee? Uh membership. Membership. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to talk about membership because if you didn't know, uh, we are running membership with Thinking Church. So all of the facilitation that we have on offer, all in one place. So uh, all of the, we've run loads and loads of sessions with loads and loads of churches, and we wanted to, wanted to make it as accessible to everyone. So we've made a membership package. And so all of the facilitation is online where we've, uh, we've 
we've put it on video and you can go in, you can, you know, if you want to, if you want a new mission statement, we'll give you a step-by-step guide to do that. If you want a discipleship strategy, we'll give you a step-by-step guide to do that. If you want a leadership development pipeline, we'll give you a step-by-step guide to do that. Basically all the strategy areas of church, we will give you step-by-step guides to put it in place. And it's pretty cool. And you can actually, uh, we've got it kind of on the kind of pre-sale thing beta version is actually available so you can access it today and it's um it's 39 pounds 99 per month which is a really good price uh and uh we we just want to get this into as many churches hands as possible for you know for churches to benefit from this so uh yeah we're excited about it isn't that correct lee it is i am also very excited about it and you know continuing how we were talking about this last week this is basically like it's like signing up to a gym membership, but actually it's not just a one person thing. This is for you, your church. You get access to this, get your team on. You can start going through some of these things that maybe you've had on hold. It's been difficult to get people around. Look, the, the idea of these long strategic retreats is kind of over. The ability to work with your team in more of that small setup, piecemeal, is kind of the, uh, the, the Netflix of strategy, as it were. Um, but actually, it's, it's there to help you spin out your own conversations. It's not directional. It's not consultative. It is about facilitating your work where you are in your local context, because we believe that we can pull out that uniqueness that God has put in you um, to actually serve those around you the best that you are able. And so that that's that's why we've set it up. So we'd love to take your feedback. We'd love you to join up. And um, if you've got any questions and do, please get in touch um, either at um, hello at thinking.church or go to the website thinking.church and uh, drop, us a, drop us a line through there. Yeah, and it's worth saying, Lisa has been a beneficiary of my uh, I've just signed up. I've just signed up. I'm yet to properly go through it, but it looks absolutely amazing. I'm really looking forward to using it with my team for starters, um, which is going to be great. Wow, that's that's excellent. Excellent news. Well, on that that note, let's get started with uh, today's show. And today uh, we're going to be talking about church planting. Now, uh, Lisa is uh, a church planter. You have planted a church in uh, in Podsmead in Gloucester. Yeah. And, uh, and so we really wanted to get your insight, your perspective, your wisdom on it. On and, how to and... get more wrinkles quicker. Is that what you're <laughs> Maybe that's the case. Uh, <laughs> but what we're going to do is we, we've, what we decided to do is think about um, keys to um planting churches better or when you when you when you plant a church what what to do and how to think about things uh yeah, thinking church we're all, we're all about the thinking of things and, and how we approach it and so what we've got is we've got normally me and Lee bring three things each but because Lisa because you're here uh we've we've we're, we're just gonna do two things each uh, and and uh because then we can all get through the same amount um and that's gonna be good so Lisa I think we should always start off with guests first. Oh, so, I, th- um, I think we should have made her bring all six. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have. I don't think I've just made it up as we go along. I don't know. I don't have six. I still don't have six. <laughs> well, should we have your, your first one and then introduce yeah. it, give us a bit of an explainer, and then we'll have a little yeah. chat around it. Yeah, of course. So my first one is about team. Because I think that's like a real key part. I know some people are real legends and plant a church all on their own, which is like wild. Uh, But team's really important. And um, for me, what I realised really quickly on was actually when I'm looking for team, what I needed to look for were lump hammers and not scalpels. 
Now, what I mean by that is like use the right tool for the stage of the job you're in. So what I realized was I needed like people who were just like lump hammers that could break real hard ground in a community that would just like relentlessly pound against doors that would relentlessly pound against um like just getting this strategy moving and going not like the specialist scalpels that we um that sometimes we look for like I wouldn't check amazing if we had this particular type of leader that would just really help us but actually in those first days it was all about lump hammers and less about scalpels yeah I love that uh it makes more it makes me think about is um there's a really great analogy of when a church is small or you know just starting it functions a bit more like a a five-a-side football team than it does like a you know an 11-a-side football team in a five-a-side football team I've just joined a, a six aside or seven aside one of those basically but what it means is you're doing your defense your attack you're just constantly running here yeah. there and everywhere you've got to do everything and that's just kind of part of the it's kind of the rules of the game and and it's kind of like that kind of lump hammer sledgehammer that that you what you don't need at this moment in time is you know the the real specialist who can come in with the scalpel you've got to get a lot of stuff done everyone's defense everyone's attack everyone's doing a little bit of everything and i think that's a it's a great way to think of it lee give us your so, thoughts on it so my, my instant thought on that was is chris you've actually joined the five aside but they just feel sorry for you so they're calling <laughs> it six aside that that's, that's what's happened there no no it must, <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's probably it yeah and i know uh, i think i think you're exactly right my, my question was going to be or kind of like uh point and to, to put back to lisa was um that like how many do you need in that in that in that early in that early part as well? Because it's like actually when you're going in and doing that, the the orchestration of something large doesn't allow you to be as flexible, maybe that you need while you're working out the you know the absolute you know you know the direction, but actually yeah. you, there's a lot of course correcting in those early days. Yeah. And that, like so you say, you know, it's like you know starting any job. It's like you know if you, you're going to knock out a wall, but then it comes down to the finesse and the polishing and what yeah. what you want to do and what you add. What have you seen in terms of time frame over that, and what yeah. kind of you know numbers as 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 worked for for you? Yeah. And I mean, or actually, what what principles did you have in place to help you select those numbers? Because yeah, it, it would totally. probably vary. Totally. I think that like I've definitely learned the hard way and made more mistakes than like right choices. But I think one of the things I was thinking about earlier reflecting on this is like there's there's I think there's there's probably more than two. But the two that I was thinking about, two ways we plant churches. One is to facilitate an extension of a move of God. And the other is to start a move of God. And I think it depends for me. It depends on which you're doing. So, for example, uh, part of a large church that are extending into a community, extending that move of God into a place where they feel that 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 would benefit. Well, in that case, like as many people as you can get on team to be part of like extending that and facilitating the move of God that's already established, then like let's sign up as many people as we can um, so that people walk into an atmosphere that's already established. However, if it was a different scenario where I turned to my um, senior leader and said like I really feel like God's spoken to us specifically about an area and um, will you send us and release us that's slightly different because that's initiating a move of God and I think sometimes that that's an altogether different animal um, and to, to, to work out which 
one what what you're doing is where mm. I start before like the only way you can plant church is if you have 50 people ready to go. No, I don't I don't think that that's correct. I think if Liam and I had gone, hey, we just feel like we need to move to Birmingham and start something, I would have no connections. I wouldn't be able to take a team necessarily with us unless our pastor was super like up for it. But it would have been a totally different scenario. And I think which which one you're prescribing to is the first place to to start but I think generally if we're talking about a multi-site church or like plant that planting out of an already established movement I think if we could do it again I'd have definitely taken more people so we started with just nine people um and that was like that was it was real tough going so you've got to establish culture with that nine people you've got to try not to burn those nine people out even though you call them sledgehammers you've got you know but on the other side of things because it was a small group we could do some real discipleship we could do some real good leadership development in that time and I think if you look at those guys now lots of them are doing amazing things in their life and and I don't know whether that would happen if we'd have scaled up into like a big team having said that starting a church with a small group is really really tough and I definitely encourage um to especially working in a, a an already established move of God to get as many people um there as possible and so and, and be fluid with it not like this is my team forever but like this is my team for now um, so that people can come into a culture if we're talking about Sunday services people can come into an already established culture it's really easy for people to go, oh, yeah, okay, I think I belong here. Um, whereas it's really hard when you're like having a bad Sunday with nine people and five of them have got flu or, or worse. That's very, really hard. And Lisa, I, I know for you that you've, um, going into planting, you've had people have kind of come and helped in, in waves, haven't they? So you had yeah. like a really early team and then you've had people that have come over time and um just talk about the kind of the the kind of people because i know you, you talked about needing sledgehammers but there's this kind of that starts to shift as as it goes on yeah. how has that shifted for you and how have you noticed the different types of people that you've needed as you've as the planting sort of phases have have rolled on yeah totally and i think it, it's not one size fits all at all but we started with like well we had this vision meeting like we're gonna plant a church come and hear the vision from Liam and Lisa and see if you want to be a part of it. And I remember me and Liam like looking at each other just before we were actually like, we have no idea what we're doing or how we're going to do it. And we, we can't stand up there and lie. So we just stood up and we're like, we've got no real idea, but we think that it's God's thing and we'll work it out as we go along. So in those early days, I suppose we, we recruited more Mavericks than anything or younger people who were really wanted to come under our leadership I suppose and learn something or be more missional and 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 explore an adventure with God and so we we had a lot of people like that in that first wave and we had to figure out who they were and how they fitted and um and teach them how to be a lump hammer I suppose like how to be um how to intercede for example in, in a community that's a closed community how to um be okay with your weaknesses and do it anyway, do it scared. We had those kind of people. And then um, as the church was established, we 
okay we were out of that really exciting and I, I probably am a type a evangelist so I was I loved those first years where it was all messy and mayhem and the crazy exploit stories and stuff but it, it we got to a stage where actually no now now we it's about those roots going down and there's some discipleship that needs to go on here there's some foundational stuff that needs to go on here and I think maybe a few people are pioneers and so at that moment they started to like go oh I don't know whether this this is like this isn't as exciting anymore and stuff and so we had to teach people actually you know we we are going to pioneer again but right now this is we need to dig deep so that was a different set of skills again we had to pull those people out um who were who were like those um those guys that were going to foster that environment where people began to put roots down properly and then uh, we got to the stage where we're like right we're going to plateau any second now we are we're probably already heading that way if we don't move again so then it was like right no let's engage that pioneer spirit again and we re-invited people to be a part of that pioneering um like picking that thing up and going hey we need to we need to go again and we're still we're still looking for how that's working because then covid happened but uh but it was but now we're working with a combination we've got to have the scalpels now because we've progressed and and we've got to still have the lump hammers that are saying come on let's keep going forward and um, so it's it's a really interesting um a really interesting time of working out how the blend of those those different skills and hearts work together. Yeah, brilliant. No, I absolutely love that. Um, let, let's move on. Lee, I'd love to hear your first uh, keys to church planting. Lee. Yeah, I'm I'm going, we're, we're finding the theme, I think, already. <laughs> this, is, this happens, we come thinking we've all got like six individual things. Um, and then they sort of like, there's this blend that happens as we as we continue the conversation. Um, my one is my, so my, my first one, the one that I want to kind of like concentrate on really though, is um, about plant don't placate. And this is, I've seen people agree to plant because they won't tackle the issues of difference. And so what they're doing is they're, they plant as in a way to get rid of a problem instead of actually doing it for the right reasons. So it's like, Oh, it's like if you've got a service and then all of a sudden you introduce the contemporary service this is just a, a, a greater extension of that you're not around one thing actually if you start doing two things it's not a plant it's division and that idea that actually whatever you sow at the beginning of that you've got to make sure is healthy if it's not got the health it will never get any of the other things that you need or any of the other attributes and you're not you're not setting it up so either be very, very clear and say what you want to do is really, really different and you go with our blessing and they start that move of God or they go to extend it, but in a different way and they make it unique. But like, don't don't just decide to do it because you won't tackle the problem. Otherwise, you the, the foundation for that is all wrong and it damages both churches mm. in that instance. Um, and that that's one that I've seen happen. And it is because... We, we encounter many leaders in those areas and you know even with the pastoral aspect of it even with all the theological training even with all the things happening around it conflict is usually not done well and conflict is a piece that many of us don't like it is difficult we're probably getting better at it and there are tools and there's ways to learn and you know we can have those conversations but when you start this journey if you're looking at planting 
make sure that you actually set it up and that the context is right and that you get the health in that conversation before you begin. Very true. Lisa, jump in. What are your thoughts on on that? Like the, the reasons why we plan and, uh, yeah. you know, it can be so easy, especially when you've got, you know, uh, someone who's a church planter is very much, you know, often be very uh, a driven person. They might have, mm-hmm. you know, been running a service. And how do you how do you plant but maintain the unity mm-hmm. and the health yeah. uh, through it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it is so sad, isn't it, when like basically doing what you've just said is um, like a church split, but let's not talk about it. Like it's like it's like a cover up. It's like, passive aggressive church split isn't it when we say oh we're sending these folk to do when you're not you're just saying goodbye um and um that's really sad and I hate that and what's been really great about um the relationships that um, we have within our leadership so um like I I probably am quite like type a leader like quite assertive uh know what I think I'm sure that Chris has been on the sharp end of that in our many years of friendship um and uh and I think our our, our senior leader side he spotted spotted that and didn't see it as a problem but saw it as an opportunity for him to become like a father to that and I think I think churches that get it right I understand the concept of um like a fathering concept rather than a just like a leading concept and what I mean by that is the difference between um somebody who's just a, a leader is they can become really political and really sterile but in a father situation where you look to your leadership as a fatherhood or motherhood um is you there's a level of relationship there and that relationship becomes the point connectivity becomes the point not how do we get stuff done? And I think that's when you're in a in a safe um, uh, and open and um, with a load of integrity type of relationship with your leadership, that's when church planning is really amazing. That's when releasing leaders is really amazing. And I, I have seen it both ways. I have experienced it both ways. But in 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 terms of if you're a senior leader listening to this and you're you do have a problem uh, a leader or some two different trains of thoughts, I'd really encourage you to to think about it as how do I stay connected with this person? Whether or not they go or stay is irrelevant. It's about connectivity. It's about choosing to be a father or a mother, not choosing to be like a leader who is gonna you know say it how it is. I'd really encourage people to think along those lines because if you do, you can really get it right. It can it can be something really amazing, and then um, like some real moves of God can start happening when we learn to conflict manage better, which I'm still learning for sure. Um, and and but also you make like love the central point and relationship the central point. I think we do such a better job of meeting people if that's that's the viewpoint we come from. I think. Yeah. I think it can be really tempting on um, there's kind of both sides of it where for someone who's the the planter they can think oh finally get a chance to do you know I, you know all the ways that that my senior leader wouldn't do it and I can get to do all the things that I want to do you know and yeah. and and when you're planting in the context of maybe multi-site or it's within the same Mm-hmm. uh sphere you, you often don't get that that luxury and i know for you lisa i know that, that there's been a lot of uh you're having to work through okay 
how are we keeping things culturally the same? What things yeah. stay the same? What things stay different? Um, could you just like, how has that worked for you? How has that, have you seen that from you? I know that I've been involved with a lot of that, yeah. uh, helping yeah. you work that through, but from your perspective, how, how has that been for you trying to work that out? Yeah, I think I, like um, trying to stay focused on that relationship first and foremost, that's the first thing. That's the under, like that, that's the whole thing but at the same time like um my my senior leader is very releasing and so I have to make sure that I'm positioning myself to make sure I'm on the same page as him rather than waiting for him to make sure I'm on the same page so rather than um like wondering whether I'm getting it right it's like hey I need to talk to you I've got this idea I need to like um you know I need to discuss these things and making sure that that's like in your diary making sure that that's part of your rhythm and and that's really important and I think having really clear and this is where Chris you've just been fantastic is having real a real clear mission and a real clear um uh, what's what's a shared method and what's the bits that you can go ahead and explore and I think what's really good about that is because there's a clarity around that there's also an opportunity to risk take and and try things and that's that's a healthy place to be in isn't it in in that kind of environment is that there is real clear um structures and and they're getting clearer all the time um where you, this is like this it's got to fit within this so we have like a discipleship pathway and we have a really clear mission um and everybody knows what it is and we're still like you know training our guys about our family values although they should be picked up as, as we go along you'd hope but um but having those things in place means it releases us to go, oh, well, what does that look like in our scenario? So our you know, city-based church um, is going to have a very different um, method to, to making those same, same aims happening than us in our um, community, which is a community of deprivation. And we have a really specific goal to meet the people in that community. So we, we're totally... It, like a totally different way of doing it but we find ourselves doing the same thing all the time and I think even practical things like making sure the branding's covered and you know like does it look the same when somebody turns up on a Sunday like all of those things and I, I know it's not all about Sundays but if you can get those things right it goes a long way to making sure that you're um you're 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 not just finding yourself going, oh, we're doing a totally different thing here. And now the people we're leading are looking primarily to us rather than to like the apostolic leadership. Yeah, brilliant stuff. All right, we're going to go to my first one. And my first key for church planting is to don't scale too quickly. And I think what I've seen with many churches, small churches, new churches, is that... uh, and in many senses rightly so you are full of vision and passion and you want to reach a city or your locality or whatever and suddenly that and suddenly you start to get a bit of momentum people start coming along and what you start thinking is right we're gonna we're gonna start that ministry and that ministry and we're gonna do a young people's ministry and we're gonna do a men's ministry and we're gonna do a you know old people's ministry and the number of things just start to like expand really really quickly and I think my advice to for church sponsors is to be really slow to add new programs don't expand too quickly because there's there's something in 
that kind of I, I almost called this point um don't open the greenhouse doors <laughs> <laughs> because it's like this kind of thing of like that the, the, when you open the greenhouse doors all the all the air comes in and the heat goes out and all this heat that's being um is being built is actually really important that you want to you want to capture that and when you expand too quickly you often don't have the resources to all often and often the leaders you know in the right place you often you're then promoting leaders maybe before their time uh, and then you you start to overstretch yourself, and when you overstretch yourself, then your that all of that momentum starts to slow. Um, so it, it's worth thinking about. Uh, yeah, the number of programs that you do don't expand too quickly. Totally. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> like just that's it, right, Chris? Next point. It's like <laughs> no, no, you're you're exactly right though about that. I think the thing is, you know, um, when you start with smaller numbers especially if they're more your sledgehammers mm. they're those people who can break ground that you tend to have you can have a lot of ideas so harnessing yes. that to time it right because every one of those individuals is probably capable of smashing that through and delivering something but what you end up with is nine people and nine things so a way to show them and that then comes i think with being able to say oh there's there's where we're going but we've also got the next step. What can we do in the here and now to kind of like get that pacing right around it? Because you never want to um, temper like what's within those people to break ground. Mm. Um, mm. So at the same time, but you've got, you've kind of got to like talk to them about the pacing and the rhythm and, uh, and how you want to do it and, and the why of the, you know, the, the, the timing of it. But also, like, what is critical? If you you reach out into a new area and you're all determined you're going to run a men's group and there aren't any, you know, or you know that's not not that's not the time frame that you're in or where you're at, and it's something entirely different. You've, so it's that being open and kind of balancing it and understanding the pace with which you do stuff. So I think, yeah, I, there's definitely a it's it, that's that's something different every time and which is why there's you know the, the, the principles it's like when do you introduce stuff at what yeah. kind of critical mass can you support that what what about resourcing as well is it all and is the resourcing to do something going to come from something central or have you got to do it on your own there's so many little things to take account of around that as well but yeah don't 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 launch with 25 ministries it will never go well no, I tried it and it failed. No, I'm joking. But it, I think I was, I, I think I was te like tempted to do too many things to begin with. And I think if I if I could go back and have another like go at it, I think what I've done is made more room for people just setting tables rather than trying to do programs. So if we'd have done less programs, people would have been able to set more tables. And what I mean by that is like. You know, like discipleship really ha doesn't happen in a program. Like it happens when you invite that family to come be part of your family for a night or whatever, and or you know, however you want to do it. And I think if the church could really go like, let's do less programs and set more tables, I think we'd do a better job of reaching people. And um, I mean, I'm still I'm still figuring it, I'm still figuring that out. And of course, there has to be some sort of funnel to things, and it's really hard to do that on a mass scale. And, uh, you know, when you start scaling up numbers, how do you do that? But if you if you created more of a culture of set more tables and do less programs, I think that, that'd be exciting. That's Brilliant stuff. Principle. Brilliant. OK, let, Lisa, let's go on to your second. OK. Uh, second key for church planting. 
So it's actually like along the same sort of lines. So um, like work out what belongs in pencil and what belongs in permanent marker and don't get the two mixed up. Like I think, um, and it's along the same lines as what I was thinking, the context of programs and stuff. And when we first started, I remember like promising people that nothing will stay the same. Uh, and I, I, I realised I needed to do that because I realised that people really like getting stuck in ruts. They actually, like, there's safety in, like, well, this is the way I've always done it. This is the seat I always sit in. And uh, But actually, we can afford to be a safe church. So, like, one of the things we really try to do is, like, say, no, all of these things, all the programmes that you were mentioning, are, they're all in pencil. What's impermanent is our heart and our mission. And um, those things won't change. Like, you know, we, we, we are all about growing you to live big. And we, we are full people and we want to find the lost and the broken and the worst. But, you know, that's what that's the heart here. Um, that will stay in permanent marker. But this program will not. This will be in pencil because uh, so like, for example, in our grow groups, which are like life groups, small groups, whatever you want to call them. We were like, we're going to keep changing it. We're not going to have one person gets this, you know, you get to stay in your group until, you know, the rest of your life. Um, but actually we're going to, we're going to do like a menu of like options so that you swap every time we're doing a different subject. It's like you have to sign up for a different subject. So you don't have to, you don't get to stay in the same group because we needed people to be making connections and relationships and not getting stuck in their ways and silos and stuff. So we made sure that that was really clear and in pencil. And, um, and that was, I, I think, if there was a success that we've had, that would be one of the successes is by getting the permanent and the pencil the right way around as much as possible. And it, I mean, it does fluctuate over time, but if, if you can stay focused on that as a leader, um, it really releases your people to flourish. I think I think it's one of the things that I find most like fascinating and intriguing about church plants because in a church plant everything's new everything's fresh nothing's set in stone but obviously our human nature is that we love routine and we want yeah. things to be set in stone as as quickly as possible so I think that capturing that and 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 I guess that is there's part of that sort of you know nothing is nothing's permanent we're we're going to be agile we're going to be able to move quickly I think that's the real strength of a church plant of something that's new mm. is that it's yeah you, all these traditions are are broken you no know, you want to you want to have some traditions which are really good but that doesn't have to be your programs it's those things like it's your heart and your your mission and those things that that so maybe some great rituals that you do that they become part <laughs> of your traditions but not the programs that oh no we can't change that you know this when that goes to as extreme which we, we obviously see in church life it's the you know you can't move the pulpit and you can't change the chairs around and and no but those things you know as crazy it's as they, really, they are yeah. that's absolutely like, care, careful now now, Chris, because these are conversations we've actually had with people. Um, and I found committees yeah. responsible for that as well. So it does happen and quicker than you can think as well. Yeah. So I, th I think it's really important just to, yeah, hold. I mean, the, most things I think in church life should be with a pencil. <laughs> And yeah, I think that so that thought of, of just going like this is going to be for now and it's probably not going to work long term 
you know it's yeah. everything is everything is changeable there's only a certain things that are going to be with a permanent yeah. marker and yeah. i think there's, there's too many things in church life that we've we've put with you know we have to be you know we have to have a sunday service you know who said it had to be sunday you know and and then yeah. sunday service has to have four songs and a half an hour preach yeah. who said that i had to have those things <laughs> so you know true. we've drawn these things in like permanent marker but actually those are the things and i think the last year that we've had has shown that we need to shift all of that around on those things that we think were, were, you know, we thought they were like tablets from heaven and actually they're not, they're just, they're just pencils and they've, they've worked for, for, for a while. And actually they're at a point where they need to be redrawn and maybe that's mm. redrawing them very similarly to how they were, but it's still got to be redrawn. So I, yeah, I love that idea. We've, we've, we've all been to a meeting room and seen, uh, a really beautiful whiteboard where somebody's happened to write on it with permanent marker by mistake. And it's one of those things that might have even been as recent as one church. I don't know, but um, I'm trying to think where I've been, <clears throat> but it's that, that element that actually what it does is, is that the first time it's up there, people kind of like, you have a bit of a laugh about it. And then, then you realize it, it doesn't date well. And then over time it's taking up space and now you just don't know what to do about it. And then everybody new that comes in keeps seeing that. And it's now taking up space. It's limiting resource elsewhere. Mm. And it's the and now to change it, sometimes you have to change the whole board rather than being able to actually get that off. And so I think that if you do that too early, you you are you are at total risk of kind of like upending the decision-making process of how you take anything forward. Or you create that kind of like hesitation around doing anything, you know, because people are really, you know, people get really trapped. And so you end up with that weird, you know, do we, don't we? And in, then instead, it's like in, nothing gets written. And so it gets, you You end up with this kind of like nervousness. I was, what do they call it in, in a driving test? Like the undue hesitancy. Yes. And, yeah. Because if you've transitioned that point and you've got scalpel people who are about details, you can get stuck in analysis and it just ends up and you know people freeze so the the pencil lasts a lot longer it then then maybe you know it's, it's it's not as easy to erase maybe as sometimes we first think so i think it's fine everything can probably start there and you can trace over stuff and you can correct it you can capitalize it you can do all the things that you need to do but i think it's like yeah just just be aware of where you put it because that sentence it just takes up space and resource and it can end up being a constant reminder and it once you've got that constant reminder it that's hard to eradicate it's hard it's hard to remove that from people's memory especially when you're building culture yeah yeah absolutely right let's move on we got a we've got two more to get through and only a short amount of time so uh lee your second one what's your second key to church planting Okay, so my, my second key to church planting, and this follows on actually from um, something Lisa was saying at the beginning, where um, you'd spoken about, um, are we extending a move of God or are we going and starting a move of God? And this is kind of an extension of that. And it was something that um, I worked through with a church that I was at a number of years ago. And this is what we called, um, when it comes to planting, we've got sons and daughters of the house. And the idea being is that when when a son goes out and this is kind of like, you know, like typical metaphor in a very traditional sense, the name goes with them. But when daughters go out, you've still got family connection, but the name often changes. Mm. And it's that thing that actually when you come to plant, 
and you're doing that first thing it's the setup it's like you might not you might be extending the move of god but if it draws other things alongside it and there's other stuff that's happening it could operate differently and you end up it's, it's not multi-site and it's not planting of what you have actually you're almost forming your own small network that is different in all those locations in the same way that you know um, a huge manufacturer like Procter and Gamble has got competing brands of the same thing on the shelves. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. like they they own was it they own like four of the five like you know pasta sauces or something like that or you know washing yeah. up tablets, and it's like so you've got the choice. They're all different, but they all come under something that's you know the why they do it and what what holds the whole together. Mm. But actually, some take the name and some change the name. And I, I think that's just valuable when we when we set out that it might go and it might be an extension of all the values and of all the ethos. But when it comes to actually have to do what it needs to do, it may need a different name and a different setup in order to in order for it to happen. But it doesn't stop the family connection. And that's the kind of like the, the third way, like a hybrid way of, um, of planting. Less common, maybe, but actually in the world that we're in, um, I, I think we've maybe had some of that written in marker when it should have been in pencil, that actually there are other ways to do this and they can serve us and they can serve us really well and maintain relationship. Yeah, totally. And I think that all, all comes down to like really secure leaders. Like, I think, like for me, if the more secure I can become in myself, the better job I'm going to be at facilitating people to flourish yeah. To be released to do everything that God made them to do, and I think I'm still working on that. And you know, because you just want people to stay with you. Come on, I've invested my whole life into you, like all those late nights and you know all that. But actually, the truth is, like multiplication happens when you do that, doesn't it? It's like that's exciting, and you know, you don't need to look very far straight to the Old Testament to see the way that generations work, and that just like. I think if you, as a leader, if you can get super secure, we'd see so much more happen in terms of establishing like the kingdom of God. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that totally. Yeah, yeah, love that. Um, I, I was thinking about um, when you were talking, you know, the difference between son and daughter, I mean, you talked about, you know, Procter & Gamble. There's a difference between a, a house of brands, which is Procter & Gamble's route, where you have, um, where you have one overarching brand that has lots of different brands underneath it or if you put that in church context one maybe it's like a network with lots of different styles names mm. of churches that's definitely one approach the other one of course is the uh, the branded house which is more like an apple so apple watch apple you know iphone it's all one department of the same thing and i think there is definitely those those two broad categories of course there is there's gap in between of that as well um but there are t there, there tends to be those two routes whether you, you tend to be a, a son or a daughter of the house and i think working that out at the beginning and when you're going to you know when you're having those initial conversations about planting thinking about you know who are you who are you trying to reach with this plant if it's something if if it's a different kind of target market from uh from the the, the sending church then it's probably more of a daughter of the house if, it, if you're trying to do the you know reach the same kind of people more of like a son of the house uh, uh so it's worth thinking those kind of things through and and even uh then it's thinking about okay so what are we going to keep the same what are we going to keep different when you work those kind of things out at the beginning about you know are you a son are you a daughter i think that a daughter's of the house has more flex for things to change 
uh, and a son of the house, you would want to keep things more the same. Um, so I think that there's, it's work, but I think the, the key thing is work it out beforehand. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't go into that. If you're trying to figure it out as you go, you'll just find that tension starts to rise because the expectations will be different for each person. So, you know, you're the senior pastor might think one thing, the church planter might think another thing. And so, um, yeah, figure it out beforehand. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Let's go to my last one. Um, or our last one, my second one, I should say, um, in the few minutes we've got left. Um, and it is just, it's just to focus on momentum. It's actually really similar to my, my first point, but there's a slight difference. In the first one, I talked about um, not scaling too quickly. But on um, when I'm talking about focusing on momentum, I think there is this momentum and that feeling that something's happening, something's growing, something's changing. And I think that with a church plant, it's, it's, capitalizing not capitalizing capitalizing is a bad word it's um it's like leaning into that uh, momentum and seeing what grows and going there there's a um there's a really good uh, sort of business term which is uh, lean dynamics uh and 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 there's all the kind of lean startup which is that you you you're you always ever kind of have a minimum viable product, or in our case, a minimum viable church. That's something that Lee and I have talked about quite a lot. Is and and but what you're doing is you're willing to to change and grow depending on where the momentum goes, and and it's that that kind of thing of staying agile as a church and following the momentum and seeing where God, I mean, seeing where God's taking it. And I guess it's, it's, it should be true for every church, but there is this definite sense of like tangible sense of momentum that you get in a, in a church plant that it's always you can see where it leads and you can follow that and I think there's something that that, that for church planters to lean into that sense of momentum is going to be really key. Mm. 100% that that momentum thing when it when it starts you know when you get that um because we've talked about this in other people's frameworks of um when you've launched that you get that white water piece where it's like it's all a bit bumpy because you're new, but you haven't quite traversed it yet. You're learning and picking up knowledge or unlearning things to learn new things, and it gets a bit bumpy. I I think sometimes when we're leaning in and you're trying to find that way with momentum, that it's also easy to pull back too soon because it looks a bit bumpy. But don't think that that's, you know, like adversity or stopping you. It's not the blocker. Actually, that's possibly the way. Um and so, like, I like the idea that actually we lean into it and see what overtime gives rather than push or just try something as if it's going to just, like, resist and that's not the way to go. Leaning in just speaks really of giving it some time as well. And I think that's a much healthier place to be. And, you know, we, we talk about the health of it all the time. But the, you know, the health of those principles of sitting with things, weighing them up, actually just that kind of, like, let's all lean into this. Or does it need two of us to lean into it? Do we need to now put something behind it? Do we need to test? Um, and I think the other thing is that test and experimentation to find our way if something's unknown is all okay. Like we don't, just because we've done it today doesn't mean it can't change tomorrow. COVID has actually broken a lot of that out of us because what we did on day one in COVID in lockdown, we thought was the business. And then by week two, we went, probably not, is it? And so we got used to it. Let's keep going with those principles because it's useful um yeah that that'd be all I'd add great great challenge there Chris great challenge yeah yeah totally and I think like if 
like it's really obvious isn't it like if there's momentum there if there's something happening there like lean into it see what happens and and like you said Lee like don't don't like if it's not the right thing you'll work it out and that's okay it's not like I suppose the challenge is when you are leading a church taking people with you means that like you take them at a cost you know and so sometimes it can feel really like daunting can't it like I think this is God, you know, you're announcing like a church building project because you think it's God and it seems like this thing. And then you suddenly hit a roadblock. Well, that's really hard. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, I, but it's like, how do you how do you mature people along the way? I think that's the like when you do hit those moments where it's like tricky, like that's a maturing moment. That's a moment to lead people, to expand people and um Again, I suppose it comes back to security as a leader to be able to do that, doesn't it? And we need your team to be able to do that. Um, is really but great thought. So much comes back to people's personal identity. And mm. actually, uh, you know, when you were saying you were picking people like right at the beginning to start with, those who know how to work with that and have security in who they are is a much healthier start than people who are also discovering themselves because it's like you you can't it's very difficult to find yourself also in that level of change you need to almost be resolute within yourself aside from anything else that's going through and I think that you know where do we teach that like how do we do that but it's like yeah identity and like how people are secure um, Mm. and what what they're what they're willing to give up I suppose you have to have walked with people for a while to see That's to see it. this come out of them um, mm. and fruit one area in their life and how they operate can translate and sometimes scale um, um but it's like yeah so much rests on people actually totally. just discovering who they are within that as well totally and I think that's probably you guys need to do another conversation for another day like it is so true like I, I was just thinking when you were talking then about like some of the because we I mean, in a sense, we got to pick, but really, we just had whoever said yes, and so like, and they, they, you know, they're probably listening to this and laugh with me because the truth is, like, we had all sorts of people at all sorts of stages of their discipleship journey, and our first church was that nine people, and um, and so like, we just had to figure out who they were and who we were in that, and like, help them along that journey. And I remember like some kind of times letting people be super disappointed because that's what would grow them and you know all those things and knowing when's right and wrong to do that and stuff would be a really good conversation for another time and I will definitely listen to it Chris and Lee well it sounds good there we are so I'm I'm happy for all content suggestions yeah (laughs) absolutely yes Lisa thank you so much for uh for coming on the podcast today for your for your time Uh, I know you're exceptionally busy uh, so thank you for taking the time and just great to be able to talk with you. So thank you so much. Aww, thanks for having me, guys. No thank worries. you. Lee, thank you as always. Thank you very much. And you, Chris. Thank you. See to you next you. week. See you next week.